Welcome to a podcast with Aaron Schultz. Men's mental health matters. Live life with an outback mind. Thank you very, very much for joining in today, episode 222 with Mr. Mr. Dale Sidebottom. Dale Sidebottom is. Probably Australia's leading play expert, Dale uh, is a former school teacher, former cricketer, um, very much uh, all-round nice guy. Uh, what Dale is really passionate about is getting people playing again, getting back to the roots of who we are, finding joy within ourselves and uh, not being, uh, I suppose, blindsided and stuck to do so. You know, as kids, we've got it right pretty much early on. We know what to do. We just uh, flow with life. We're looking at nature as it is. We're looking at life as it is. We get uh, sidetracked and we get taken away from that by the education system and uh, I suppose the uh, trials and tribulation of, uh, of, of life and, you know, our true nature is to be healthy, happy uh, and in a flow state, really, uh, and living in joy. You know, that's what we're all here to do. But uh, uh, a lot of uh, the energy that we consume is not our fault and a lot of that energy we consume uh, puts us into fear and uh, when we're in fear, it's very hard to be joyful and uh find time to play and be comfortable playing. So we're going to unpack a lot, unpack a lot of that today. What we can actually do as humans uh, to um, get back to a natural state of being more often, to be able to feel comfortable to play, uh, to be able to uh, have less judgment around ourselves uh, when it comes to playing and free ourselves up to do things that um, that bring us back that uh, that spark uh, again or bring that spark back into us again, you know, which is, it's there. It's just basically been hidden for a long time with a lot of us. So this, uh, this year is going to be a really big year, I think, with the shift um, to the way we perceive ourselves and perceive consciousness and, and our role in life. So... Dale and I are going to have a pretty deep chat about all that today and uh, everything else in between. So really, uh, really sure you'll uh, you'll enjoy it. Please send me some feedback if you like to support at outbackmind.org.au. Um, really appreciate that. And also, if you'd like to jump on the website, outbackmind.org.au, have a look at what we do. Uh, maybe get us into the workplace to talk about well-being. Maybe... Uh, make a donation if you feel comfortable to do so. We pretty much rely on donations. So uh, any help you could give us uh, is fully tax deductible and really appreciated. So thanks for listening in and hope you enjoy the chat. G'day, Dale. Welcome back. Aaron, thank you, mate. What an honour. Second time. This hey, is going to be a blast. Do you remember the last uh, the number of the last episode you did? Oh, mate, you put me on the spot now. <laughs> um, no. Uh, I don't, but I know you are incredible, and you've been churning them out. You're uh, you're a workhorse, mate. Well, it's quite ironic that this episode's two twenty two, and <laughs> because we both like cricket, uh, that was uh, it was just synchronicity that this actually aligned uh, at the same time. And do you know what? The other thing is, is at the moment, actually, what are you drinking at the moment? Have you got a drink on you? No, I don't. I just had a, I just had a coffee, the old long black. Um, <sighs> I don't have anything on me at the moment, mate. 
true. Well, I'm, I'm having a Luna Latte, uh, which is made by a mob called Neutral Organics. And I, I don't drink coffee because it makes me go stupid. And, um, <laughs> and anyway, a Luna Latte reminds me of a Strawberry Big M. Okay, all right, yeah. And Strawberry Big M's remind me of uh, school and playing and being sort of free and friendly. And that's a big uh, part of our conversation today, I reckon. Oh, big time. And just just while you were mentioning, uh, you know, episode 222, uh, it made me think of the Sydney Test match and um, playing its finest form is watching all those Richies. Um, And and I don't know if you've noticed that over the years, but now there's like six, seven hundred Richies that all sit together and call each other Richie. And I I love it. That's adult play at its best. Yeah, 100%. No, I agree. And, And see, this is where we've got lost because... I know me personally, I got so um, caught up in what people thought about me and the, the fear of having fun and the fear of letting go and the fear of playing because you might, um, you might, uh, you know, just, just be worrying about what other people think about you. But those guys are just having fun in their essence. And I just, that, that, that helps them relax. The whole nervous system is relaxed. The, the body's relaxed. They're just enjoying themselves, although they're probably filling themselves with about 10, 10 litres of beer. <laughs> Correct, but I, th- I think the thing with that, Aaron, is that we worry about what other people think, but people don't actually care. People are so consumed on what they're doing or what they're thinking or what they're going to go to next or what they're anything they're doing. They're actually not worried about you. I think that's one thing we just need to, and it is easier. It's a lot easier for me to say this than for people to actually do it, but people don't care. That is, at the end of the day, they're so consumed on themselves. We we need to get over that fear of you know looking silly or being vulnerable or worrying if people are going to judge us because some people will but a lot of the time we're our worst enemies we judge ourselves too cruelly and way more harshly than anybody else will yeah no 100 percent, mate you did right and see this is the thing um our def- well, I wouldn't say it's our default setting but but really you know when we wake up every day we are in self-criticism mode we do start to judge ourselves and uh, and that it's just um it's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an emotion that uh, that is necessary, but we become attached to that judgment and that that self criticism. You know, we need to be able to acknowledge it. And and every time I sort of see my mind dominating, I just say, okay, mind, you know, let go, and just start to to, to shift gears a bit. But um, you know, we can get stuck in that um, in that self judgment, self mindset, uh, sort of self criticism mindset, really easy as well. Yeah, so so true, mate. And people are probably listening to us just talking about this now. And it it's not that hard, but you need to make it a regular thing. And the biggest thing I noticed when I went through a pretty rough period in my life, and I spoke about this last time with Joe, mate. But the way I used to treat myself or speak to myself was horrible. Like I would never ever say that to anybody else. And I'm sure if people listening again, if they just stop themselves every now and then, and the the way we put ourselves down or the way we speak to ourselves. That needs to stop. That's the first thing because uh, you've got to start loving yourself and speaking to yourself in a really kind fashion. Otherwise, nothing's going to change. Um, and we all do it, mate. We all are the worst critics and we put ourselves down and we're not good enough. You would never say it to anyone else. So why do we say it to ourselves? That's true, mate. But, you know, I was thinking about this earlier and um, look, it's not our fault, to be honest, because we come into the world like in a nice joyful state primarily and usually the first you know five or six years of, uh, of our lives is pretty much like that you know there's a lot of young people that, that experience trauma uh too but um 
uh, but certainly, you know, we're, we're, we're just in, in, a, in a natural state of being primarily. And um, a lot of this self-criticism and self-judgment, we're taking on someone else's thoughts and emotions um, and energy primarily, and that stays with us. You know, so some of those, um, those mindsets were sort of brought upon us, you know, quite early on in the education system and the, the feeling of not being good enough or, uh, you know, um, just, just, you know, having that, uh, that doubt within ourselves uh, really um, was created. It's not our natural state. I just think the more we can do to be able to sort of see that, move it on and come back to that state of feeling good again, um, it, that's available to us all. We're just got to practice uh, doing it again. Would you agree? Oh, mate, I couldn't agree more. I just, unfortunately, being a teacher and working in schools, um, that the education system, it's all about gearing and evaluating and judging and scoring. Uh, you know, everyone's competing, whereas... When you, when you leave school in the real world, it's all about working together and helping each other. It's not about who can get the highest mark or what your enter score is and it's compared to everybody else. I just think, you know, school does some amazing things, but it, it's also teaching us to compete and judge and worry about other people and know who's the best and be in different levels and things like this. It's I, I think school and life in general needs to come back to, you know, Everyone's not going to be good at everything, and it's not a competition. Um, unfortunately, though, that's that's the way we grade and we mark in schools. And, um, you know, a naive five-year-old, once they've come all the way up and they've played and they've had fun and they've had a great child life, they go straight into school and that plan, then they're getting tested, they get evaluated, and it just it's a completely different mindset. And that's why I don't know if you've looked much into uh, sort of Finland and Scandinavia, the way they do education, but... It's all around play. They don't actually start really doing any work until they're eight or nine years old. Um, the, it's just all experimental play and connecting and having fun and figuring out what's right and wrong and building relationships. And they do it all through play. It's not through tests and scores like we do. So um, I just think that's something that we need to really focus on and change. But, um, mate, education hasn't changed in the last 15 years and it doesn't look like it's going to. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, I... <laughs> that's it, gone around and around in circles. But, uh, yeah, I think my, until we stop comparing and putting everybody in different categories, and that's it's a natural thing for us to compare ourselves to other people because that's what the education system is doing, and we all go to school. Mm, that's right. Mate, uh, interesting, just quickly going back to Finland and Scandinavia, what's the mental health uh, uh, issues like compared to Western society out here? Uh, it's a great question. Um that Pazzy Solberg uh, is a fantastic educator. I actually had him on my podcast last year, um, and they don't have near the the rates we do um, because they, as I said, it's completely different. And one of the things I found really fascinating that he spoke about, they have a um, a day where they celebrate failure, so a failure day. So, and I found this really really cool. So that they embrace something they've done that hasn't worked. Um, so everybody celebrates something they've tried that hasn't worked. Um, so I think the way they do it and the way they obviously work on their mental health and things like that, mate, is they make things that sort of cause mental health problems, you know, like failing and judgment and different things like that, but they turn it into a positive, you know, and I, I just I love that. That was one of the biggest takeaways I got, mate. I just thought that is something brilliant because so many people are scared to try something new or do something and put themselves out there because that fear of failure or fear of judgment, well, 
if we change the narrative and make that into a positive that you tried something it didn't work then what what you get the feedback from that you try again and you celebrate that because you actually did something mm. uh the narrative changes and people's mindset changes and again eventually that leads to people's mental health you know that it's not such a big thing to try something new and fail because everybody's doing it and they talk about it and they celebrate it i i think that is something awesome i really love that yeah mate that's like they're, they're positive conversations you know something that come to me then when you're playing and when you're maybe in an engaging game of sport you forget about other stuff don't you and you're sort of in this state of uh flow and um you watch how your mind sort of quickly kicks back into self-criticism and that afterwards you know and um the analytics of the game but also you know your your judgment of yourself and you know a lot of afl players have been on here and you know other sports people and and you know they they've often sort of said how they they feel good, but then when they're when they're away from the game, they feel down. Um, you know, a primary uh, way to be able to establish better self awareness is, is is to pick that up when it's happening and then arrest it. Uh, you know, and, and and that's what these other cultures are sort of maybe doing. They're they're actually like being able to to recognise. Uh, their their lower levels of consciousness and being able to sort of embrace that and, and, and sort of you know think about the way that they think a bit uh, differently, you know we, we 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 our thoughts you know create other thoughts and I just think if we can grab a thought that's not uh, not positive and be able to turn it into something positive I think that's a, a great uh, you know pathway to self realization and self development Would you agree? Oh, totally, totally. Like, and and I think that's that's a question that everybody would love the answer to. How do they actually do that? Um, what are some of the ways that uh, you particularly have heard from? Because obviously, you know, some amazing guests on this podcast, Aaron. What are what are some of the ways that you know some of those, as you said, AFL players, sports stars, or just anybody who's really high achieving? How do they do that? How do they change their negative thought pattern or? something that isn't going right and just stop think about it and and move on and change into a positive is there have you heard of any like really good ones not many at all mate only a couple yeah. you know trevor hendy and a couple of others that have sort of done a lot of work on themselves um are, are ones that uh, are at that level you know unfortunately a majority of, of people in society are, are not uh, aware like that you know they don't yeah. have um, that, that ability to be able to self-analyse, um, you know, with compassion. Uh, and getting back to what you said before about competition, when we're in competition strongly, uh, you know, whether we're a sports person or not, um, the, the way to, to, to fix competition is compassion. You know, if we've got compassion for ourselves and we can, we can realise our faults and, uh, and embrace them more and more, then all of a sudden we're actually on a... Um, I suppose a, a better better level of self-awareness to be able to sort of feel you know better within ourselves and kinder to ourselves it's a hard thing to do because like as i mentioned that uh, that critical mind that that judgmental mind's there for a reason it's there to protect us but we we stay stuck in that too much you know and mm-hmm. uh, i think we've been trained to sort of be that way you know we, we're going to be able to sort of move out of it and um um yeah look you know what what you mentioned about those other countries uh, I think that's tremendous, but I think we've actually got the ability within ourselves to be able to say, well, let's question things uh, and let's actually maybe maybe think about living a little bit differently and actually like reversing the way that we've been uh, been sort of programmed uh, perhaps, you know, and we talked about judgment. I, I think we go, go into self-judgment, but we also go into judgment on others really quickly 
and that, that as I mentioned, is is a, that's there for a reason. But w- rather than being judgmental, wouldn't it be better to be curious? Um, Ooh, you know, so, yes. So, 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 if you you walk down a, down the street today in Melbourne and you see what you think as a well, what you thought was a guy that's dressed up as a woman, you know, you might go straight to judgment, which um, you know was probably brought upon you know in your teens. Uh, but maybe if you actually like looked at. Um, someone like that curiously and, and sort of thought to yourself, yeah, well, I, I, I wonder, you know, is that person um, doing what they're really aligned with now? Are they, are they actually starting to be themselves or wanting to be, you know, be able to be themselves again and that sort of thing, you know? And that curiosity helps you, um, you know, overcome that, that judgment and that self-doubt primarily and that comparison because when we start comparing ourselves to other people, we compare ourselves, obviously, much more deeply. I just think that's uh, self-detrimental and you know, comparison and competition go hand in hand and, uh, um, you know, that's something we've got to be more aware of moving forward. Oh, that is so powerful. I, I love that. Um, one, I don't know if you've watched... Uh, I, don't, I don't watch too many TV shows, but one I have watched is Ted Lasso and his main thing he talks about is being curious and mm. asking questions, being non-judgmental. So exactly what you just spoke about there... Um, if people were more curious, instead of judging and maybe try to ask two or three questions to get a better understanding, it would change the whole narrative of that situation or that meeting or whatever it is. I, what you just said there, Aaron, is so spot on, mate. I love that. What's his name? Ted Lasso. I'll have to have a look. I don't Ted, want... Ted, Ted Lasso. It's an, it's a um, it's about a football club, uh, an American gridiron coach goes to uh, London and takes over coaching in the English English Premier League. Um, but it's all about relationships and being curious and empowering people. Uh, the underlying messages in it are incredible, particularly for, you know, coaches, um, teachers and parents. Uh, the language that he uses in the show, and it's obviously a very good show, but um, it, it's, yeah, I, I found it game-changing. Um, amazing. Mm, there you go. Well, I'll have to, have to check that out. But it's good that people are actually starting to uh, to become more mainstream with this sort of language. And, um, yeah, you know, maybe the way we've thought that we've perceived ourselves and perceived others isn't really the, the only way and, and, and the right way. And, um, you know, just on that, um, you know, getting back to, to, to play again, um, what is it that actually stops us from feeling free enough to uh, to get out there and, and, and do what we actually love to do? Um, it's, it's a really good question. I just think a lot of times, like we've spoken about, it takes somebody to be the ringleader. It takes somebody to initiate play. Um, and people have sort of forgotten how to do that. And it's not, it's not their fault. Um, obviously, we've had a couple of traumatic years. Um, but even before that, uh, you know, people are so busy that they think they need to stay busy. They forget that life should be fun. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You should be enjoying it. And it's not it's not people's fault. They've just forgotten. And what I would recommend is a lot of time people go, what happens if it doesn't work? Or what happens if I play something and it doesn't work? And, and it's exactly the same as trying something. Like I spoke about in Finland where they celebrate failure. Well, it's exactly the same with play. Even if it doesn't work, you've tried something and people really appreciate that. Mm. And it doesn't matter what form of play it is. It could just be simply grabbing a dice and picking a number and taking turns rolling with somebody until somebody gets that number, you get a point. Or you get a ball and you're just bouncing it back and forth. Or 
get some cards, anything, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Sometimes the most simple, basic games are the best. Um, and it's amazing what happens when you allow people to go into this play state. For example, um, over Christmas, we had 20 people at our house and uh, I always try and play some games. I thought I'm going to make some new ones up. So I got some chalk out on the table and I drew a noughts and crosses game down one end and I got uh, some 50-cent pieces and 20-cent pieces. And two people would play. You'd have to slide the coin down the end of the table. One person would be the 20-cent pieces. The other would be the 50 and be the first person to get, obviously, three in a row noughts or crosses with the coins. And there was about six of us and we played this for three hours straight. Um, and at the end of it, my father-in-law comes and he goes, oh, that's one of the best games I've ever played. And I've never had so much fun. And he goes, Where, where'd you think of it? I goes, just made it up, Rob. And I think that's the beautiful thing about it, that we played a game for three hours. Instead of just you know sitting there and drinking and doing whatever, everything else, we were so engaged. And then some of the kids come and played, and it was magic. And it changed the narrative for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the power of it. And the best thing about that example, Aaron, is play can be done anywhere. Particularly, it needs to be done in the workplace. It needs to be done with your partner. It needs to be done as a family. It needs to be done in your social settings because it changes the narrative and it allows people to feel more comfortable. When people are more comfortable, more meaningful conversations can take place. Um, and we all know that, you know, particularly men's health, that is one of the biggest hurdles. We don't communicate until we've had 20 beers and then we just talk rubbish and blurt everything out and nothing happens because mm-hmm. we don't remember it and we move on. Whereas... Through play, it's a really nice segue or avenue to allow deeper, meaningful conversation to take place because you're present with each other, you're having fun, and you're doing something that brings you both joy. Mm, and, and that's true. And it, it doesn't discriminate against age, uh, you know, um, uh, I suppose nationality, whatever it may be, and it's a great leveller. And uh, at the same time, you hit on something important in the workplace. If you're able to do this, and all of a sudden, get uh, people get calm. There's, there's less risks themselves. There's less risks for the business. They feel happy, healthy, engaged, and they don't want to leave. Would you agree? Hundred percent. And it's it's really funny because when I come in to run a workshop, um, people are skeptical of what I'm going to do because people have had bad experiences in the past of you know where they play a game or an activity or an icebreaker and. It's all about the limelight on one person. The best thing you can do with play is there are no winners or losers. Everybody feels safe and the limelight's not on anybody. And if you can do that well, um, you're on to a winner. If you want a few really simple ideas, I think the last three videos on my YouTube channel, just at Dale Sidebottom on YouTube, they are partner activities that you can play anywhere. You could play these at a party, at a social setting, as a family or at a workplace. And I use these in most of my workshops. I don't actually call them workshops anymore. I call them fun shops because (laughs) people have had bad experiences in workshops, you know, where they sit down all day and they listen to somebody read out slides to them. Well, the whole idea of obviously getting people together and learning is to do it in in a fun way. Sitting and listening to someone talk about slides all day doesn't work. So I would highly recommend going on to YouTube Picking one of these games, they can they only last for two or three minutes, but they can change the whole room's dynamic, their energy, the atmosphere, whatever you want. Play can allow you to deliver something and get people on board. And um, those are three proven activities that work for anyone. doesn't matter your age. Like you just said there, I've presented over 20 different countries with people speaking all different languages, and I've used those three activities and they work a treat. So that might be a little bit of homework. If that scares people listening, then um, 
watch me in the video. I explain it. Give it a go. Um, and not only that, you're putting yourself out there. You're doing something like we spoke about in Finland. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. At least you've tried to bring some play and joy to those people around you. Mm, yeah, amazing, mate. Well said. It's interesting. I, I quite often think about myself, uh, what it is that I really love to do, you know, from a physical perspective and also from that creative perspective. And see, you touch on a couple of important things like like through school, like the ones that were good at stuff got highlighted and put on a pedestal and the others um, were, were sort of left standing still and I was probably one of them, um, you know, but I was never encouraged to pursue any of the other natural gifts that I possibly had, you know, and um, I think that's pretty common for a lot of people uh, in, in general. So we, we have that sort of uh, lack of confidence um, to be able to, 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 to pursue something which we, you know, we, we may potentially be able to be better at. And, um, yeah, you know, you, you sort of touched on that again too with regards to creativity, like being able to shift your mind into a different direction I think is really key and important. Um, you know, with exercise primarily for myself, like I, I sort of got into fitness and then I become competitive and then uh, the joy left it because it was always about times and being the best and beating others and this, that, and the other. But the joy actually like left the, um, the, the I suppose, participation and the, um, the engagement. And, um, you know, for me now, personally, I've moved totally away from competition, but I still move my body every day just to, to keep active. But the, the things that I actually really love joy, I love, love doing, which bring me joy, is you know, trampolining. And I'm 51. I love that. And, <laughs> and, and I, love, I love skipping and, and those sorts of things too. But I still run. That's more of a personal challenge. Uh, and lift weights and, um, you know, do other things. But I think the, the movement side of things that can get your heart rate up and actually bring you a bit of sense a sense of fulfilment, a sense of joy is very good for our physical health, but also our mental health. Would you agree? 100%, mate. And, and like you just said there, there's two sort of main forms of play. One is one is passive play. Now, that's board games, cards, video games, and so forth like that. And, and they're great. But what what is more powerful than active play? And everything you've just mentioned there is active play. It doesn't become active play when it turns into a competition. And mm. I think that's... You know, there's a fine line there between really challenging yourself or just doing it for the joy of it. Um, and a lot of people listening, like, um, just before Christmas, mate, I, I blew my calf out pretty bad. I tore it at the gym. And um, so I've been rehabbing and doing a lot of different things uh, since then for the last month. And I'm nearly getting back to where I can to go back to the gym. But the thing I've missed most, and I, it's not exercising because it doesn't matter what you can always do some form and i've found a way but the thing for me mate is i've missed seeing people seeing the same people that you go there each day you know that's part of my tribe you go there you empower each other you encourage each other it's not about who can lift more and i think that analogy for me is something so powerful and i would love for somehow school to take a little bit of that on board where it's not about who's the best or what level you're in or what reading group or what literacy or numeracy group you're in. It is all about how can you uplift everybody. And it doesn't matter your age, what you're lifting, how fit you are, where you come from. Everybody's there to encourage each other. And it's so funny when something gets taken away from you, you really, you really figure out how important that is just for me as a human being to start my day. Um, and, yeah, I, 
if, if people don't have that where, you know, they do something, like you just said, you know, running, lifting weights, moving your body, whatever that may be, trampolining, if you don't have something like that that brings you joy and you get that active play, I would, if you're going to do something for 2023, it would be to find that, all right? Because if you can kick your day off by moving your body, getting that enjoyment, if you can share it with other people where you're in power and uplift each other, your day's already set up. You're going to have a brilliant one. Um, yeah, so me personally, mate, I, I realised how much I need that, how much I crave those people I see. Um, and when it's taken away from you, uh, it's tough. You, you really miss out on it. And um, I think I'll be more grateful when I go back now um, for what those people in those gym classes actually gives to me. It's more than lifting the weights in the body. It's, it's everything I need in the morning to, you know, <laughs> live to be happy to to be playful that that sets me up mate but do you know why like getting off track a little bit i believe as a man it's our role uh to do that we're actually like we were designed to go and hunt and gather and move the body quickly and get us foot up early in the morning you know if you can do that then all of, all of a sudden i think your nervous system settles your endocrine system gets stronger your immune system gets stronger your digestive system gets stronger now, it's being aware of these systems and how to actually get them to work properly for yourself. And I, I do believe that, uh, you know, as men, if we can actually do things, um, you know, on a physical level early, it just sets our day up and our minds become a little bit more uh, neutral and we don't sort of wander all over the place. Would you agree? Yeah, well, it's, and, and for some people, you know, the getting up and going and doing a high-intensity gym class and things like that, it's not possible for them, but even just going and walking or getting outside and doing something, um, I, I think it is so crucial and it is something that people need to make time to do. Um, and it, you look at most people and that are happy and healthy and energetic, that I can guarantee 99% of them get up in the morning and move their body, like you just said, in some way. It sets them up for the day. Um, and for me, that's a non-negotiable. Um, and uh, males, females, anybody, I, I just think you're doing yourself an injustice if you're not dedicating time in the morning to move your body and set your day up. Uh, I just think it, it's crucial and it's the best thing you can do. And a lot of time it's free, mate. It doesn't even cost anything. Mm, that's right. Yeah, no, 100%. And... Um you know, um, you you think about it though, like society, modern society, sort of tried to take us the other way, and, and people would get up and they'll go to social media and um, and that quite quickly. But I, I always, in in the ancient traditions, they call it sadhana. So it's that time in the morning that you need to be able to to get that balance back within yourself. And I, I think that's um, an important part of part of humanology. It's part of our design to be able to, to need to do that, you know, to function properly. And uh, when we sort of take it the other way, that's when we sort of get out of, out of whack and our chemistry doesn't work right. And, you know, unfortunately over the last 50 years, as you mentioned, like chemistry has been a big part of uh, modern society. So we're actually medicating for these things which, um, you know, are foreign to the body, but also just getting the natural chemistry working properly again uh, can make a huge difference to the way we feel physically, but also our self-talk and uh, the way we respond to others. Would you agree? Yeah, well, like you just said, Aaron, like if, if the first thing you're doing in the morning is getting up and scrolling on social media or checking emails or anything like that, you're already on. You've already started your day. You're already working. Your mind's going. Whereas if you don't worry about that and the first thing you do in the morning is get up and move your body, you've already had a win for the day. You've already done something for yourself. 
Um, you're not comparing yourself to other people or looking at things or checking emails or worrying about work or getting your mind over-consumed. Um, I think that's one of the biggest problems that we have now, that technology is so easy to reach. It's so accessible. We've all got smartphones, um, but it's about, you know, it's turning your phone on to do not, do not disturb. You know, I do that at night at 8 o'clock. Do not disturb. I put that on. My phone's done. Then in the morning when I get up, I don't even check it once my alarm goes off or I go to the gym. Once I come home, feed the kids and get up and ready to go, that's when I'll actually turn my phone on and see what's going on for the day. But I don't allow that to consume me at night mm. and I don't allow that to destroy my morning. Um, I think that's one of the busiest, the biggest problems is we make ourselves busy. Nobody's expecting us to answer emails or you know, go on social media and reply and do all these things at 6, 7 in the morning. That is on us. And that's, again, that's a choice that people need to make. Um, declutter your mind. Do it by yourself. Your phone's got all these amazing settings on it that can make sure nobody can get through unless it's an emergency. We need to start utilising those and make it a habit because it's an easy habit to get into by just picking up your phone and scrolling. Once you start scrolling, you're done, you're dead, you're gone. You probably waste 30 minutes of your day and then you're playing catch-up for the rest of the day. So I feel... <laughs> Mate, it's a choice. Anything in life's a choice. Um, but you need to stick at it. You need to make it part of a routine. Otherwise, it won't change and nothing will change. Yep. No, that's right. Absolutely, mate. Circuit breakers. And um, yeah, being able to do that when, when you're on a pathway which is not uh, aligned with you, you have the ability to do that, you know. And um, you're right. I think we, we think that we've got to be doing stuff, but we actually don't, you know. Um, you know, we're actually like less productive when we think we're productive. But if you can have that time to yourself where you sort of tune in, then when it comes to become, uh, when time comes to, to do stuff and be productive, you're actually much more engaged, you know. Um, and I just think um, we, we, we really need to have resets often as humans as well. You know, if you can do that reset every morning, that's great. But, you know, if you are feeling out of whack, um, you know, have, have time away from any stimulation, uh, you know, orally and, and um, you know, within your uh, surroundings, I think is really important, you know. So the food you're consuming, uh, but also the environment you're in can play a, a big part uh, to your well-being. And um, if you can sort of disconnect from that occasionally, that might um, help things uh, come back into balance. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. I, I couldn't agree more, mate. And um, I think each year is an opportunity to start something new. And uh, for me, it's I'm trying to work less but work smarter. So what I mean by that, mate, is when I am actually working and doing things, I turn off all notifications. I turn my phone off. And it's amazing what you can get done in an hour. Like, I reckon in an hour I can nearly get done what I was getting done in half a day when I was having distractions and mm. checking social media or doing different things. Um, it's just a choice, I suppose, and everybody can do whatever they want about that, but I would rather use my time better. I'd rather get outside and walk the dog or play with the kids or you know, go exercising, play golf, jump on a trampoline, whatever it is, that's better for me as a person, and that, that fills my bucket up, mate. So then when I do need to work, I'm in a better headspace. Instead of being consumed all day and being busy like I used to be for a majority of my life, use that as a badge of honour, yep. now I actually am more productive. I'm a better person and I'm happier, and I'm still getting the work done. I just prioritise things better, and I use my time better. Um, uh, it's one thing, mate. We can. Uh, there's only so much time every day, Aaron. Um, so why not utilise it and make the most of it? Make it fun. 
I don't want to be working all the time. I guarantee not everyone. I bet you don't and neither does anybody listening. So when you are working, make it really meaningful and deep, get it done. And then you've got time to do things that, you know, bring joy to you and the people around you. Mm, yeah, we've got it us about. There's, there's no doubt about it. But, you know, what, what you're doing now, like... Like you're probably you're, you're probably talking to people that are mature or they're um, they're older um, and they've sort of been through all the stuff that you and I've been through. Have you had examples of young people that you've actually had communication which uh, with which you've have taken um, what you've said on board and actually like designed a life around? Um, pardon me, that that functionality of actually like you know just just dedicating time and allowing time for certain things and not not having those distractions which are sort of taking us out of alignment. Yeah, yeah. So I obviously do workshops with corporates, teachers, parents, students, sports clubs, anybody. And they're all different ages. Um, For example, next week I'm in Darwin, Adelaide, Sydney and Melbourne on four days running teacher workshops to like the school leaders and things like that. Then the next week when students are back, um, a couple of days I'm at year 12 retreats, running a grade five and six session one day and some year seven and year eight ones. And I do a lot of particularly teenage sessions and basically one of the things that I talk about in that is choices that they have and ways that they can, you know, change their mindset and their narrative. But it's all about making positive choices and routines. And, um, like, we talk about being grateful and practising gratitude and all different things like this. One of the things I've found that really works, and if there are any parents listening to this, this is what it needs to do. Kids teenagers, anybody, they're not going to commit and continue doing something unless it's fun. Mm. So if they're journaling or things like that and it's not fun, they're not going to keep doing it. Um, if they're not enjoying moving their body, if it's if it's not fun, they're not going to do it. So the thing I try and do is, is give these students ideas and examples of ways to make things fun. You know, like practicing gratitude with a dice where you've got six different questions you roll the dice and whatever that dice lands on, that's the question you answer. So essentially it's exactly the same as just answering a question, but adding a dice into it makes it fun. And then you can do that as a family around the dinner table and you share together. Um, you can do gratitude pictionary. This is one that I do with all my workshops. I'm doing them all next week where instead of, you know, answering a question, what's a, the best thing I did in the last 12, 12 months, get them to draw it. And then what happens is by drawing it, Everyone goes, oh, I'm not a very good drawer, and that's all right. You've only got two minutes. You don't have time to think about that. Get going. By drawing something, and then they share it with their small group. People guess what it is, and then they share. The drawing makes people feel comfortable, and it also allows for that more meaningful sharing to come into place. Um, So the thing that I've found and why I believe the stuff I do with kids and teenagers works so well is it's setting up positive habits that are fun that not only they can do individually when they need to, when they need a reset or when they need a timeout or they're not feeling the best, but they're also positive things they can do at home as a family and also with their friendship groups. Um, and that's that's been the, the main thing. And hence why each year I normally go back to the same schools and do the same session with just a different year group each year because they work. Kids want to have fun. They just don't always know how to. And again, it comes back to they don't want to feel judged but when you allow them to do it in a safe space um, where everybody feels comfortable, the results are amazing. So I've had a number of emails and um, particularly messages on Instagram from students saying how powerful my session was and how much they enjoyed it. And, you know, just doing simple little things that they may not have thought about, but making it fun 
how they stick to it and it's something that you know they can share together with their friends and their family so um i know i've gone round and round and around about their own but um at the end of the day nobody's going to do anything if it's not fun and if it's not fun it's a chore so when we're talking about you know your well-being and your mental health we need to find ways that make it fun and engaging um and i think that's something that i've been able to do really well mm, yeah mate Amazing. A key word you said, said there is enjoy, you know. So uh, enjoy is off the tongue, but you think about it, break it down, it's enjoy. And, uh, and that's really the, the, yeah, the, the way we're meant to be, good. you know. So we're meant to be enjoy more, more consistently, you know. Um, but, you mate, something that come to me then, um, you know, some of the most powerful work that I've, I've done uh, is actually teaching uh, yin yoga to year 11s and 12s from private schools and just seeing the tension melt away from their bodies and then you know the emotions coming up and then the comments saying look I feel like myself again and all that sort of type stuff so those, those resets are really important but, you know I don't like to see kids getting stressed early and then going into work life and then having more stress put on top of stress by performance and mortgages and all those sorts of things those traps you know I think we can actually help people figure themselves out if we can help them learn to undo themselves and if we can do that through play and stillness and, and those sorts of things which are natural you know human behaviors uh then you know i think people can be probably better above the shoulders uh, mentally but also physically better we have we have less disease we have me- less mental illness we have all these um you know common denominators which are actually um you know contributing to better well-being of society and you know, mate, the work that you're doing, I think, is, is absolutely, you know, needed and and, um, and so necessarily, you know, I'm really pleased to hear that you're getting uptake from the education system that now to be able to get out there and get the work done because, you know, there was always ambivalence from government and private enterprise to, to provide, um, you know, well-being and healing spaces. Um, and I think there's still a fair bit of work to do, but the more uh, organisations can embrace that, the return on investment is, you know, significant. Would you agree? Yeah, well, it's exactly like what you've just said, you know, giving students and teachers or workplaces, whatever, if it's yin yoga, if it's an exercise class, if it's a play-based session, whatever it is, it's giving them some an avenue to explore, like you just said before, be curious, and a lot of time, you know, express themselves in a way that they may not have, and even if some of the students don't like what I do, it plants a seed in them. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're doing your yin yoga that they may not like it at the time but they may get to a stage in their life where they're not feeling really well and they're like oh i remember doing that session with aaron in year 11 i felt good about that maybe now i might sign up to do a yin yoga thing so Mm -hmm. i feel uh if anything covid has been a positive in a way because a lot of people have stopped and said right we need to actively change something we need to try new things and not everything works for everyone so um yeah i feel very fortunate that um, a lot of schools and parents and families and corporates now see the see the benefit of allowing you know space in the classroom at the workplace at home wherever it is to you know make it enjoyable build those connections um and that's what life is mate it's our greatest wealth is the people we share our life with. So by giving people the tools and strategies to enhance those relationships, um, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, I feel extremely grateful and, uh, yeah, really excited for this year, mate, because, uh, yeah, like with a lot of presenters out there, it's been a challenging couple of years. Um, 
So, yeah, now to get back where people aren't worried about face-to-face and um, you can really have a powerful impact because, uh, you know, COVID's had a different effect on so many people and if you can allow them to, you know, go out of their head and just feel that joy and, like you said, enjoyment, I'm going to steal that one, mate. Um, I, I absolutely love it. I, I, I stole it from Trevor Handy. But, um, but <laughs> That's I, how we do it, mate. Beautiful. <laughs> I, I, I did have that. Uh, did have that sort of download once before, and he sort of reinforced it. But, but yeah, like it's funny the the English language how these words are sort of constructed, and we actually um, don't pay attention to what they actually are. But, yeah, um, but, mate. but mate, you, you like just as an example, like you being able to follow your own cur- curriculum now rather than following the curriculum uh, that you were having to follow as a teacher. Do you find that's much better for your own well-being? Uh, the, the, the thing I, you know, it, it is for my own well-being. Um, I love teaching and I love the relationships I had with the students, but I didn't always love the work that I had to teach. Yeah. Um, and, and that's that for me, like, I didn't like having half that I loved and half that I really disliked. Um, so I, I suppose now I've created, uh, you know, resources games and ideas and workshops and lessons and whatever it is i'm doing that i absolutely love um and somebody asked me this uh just before christmas i did uh, my last corporate session with uh, about 80 people in a sales like sales team um and they said what's what's the, the one thing i've missed over covid and i said i actually missed being in a room with everybody and seeing the energy and people's laughter and like i miss that um so for me to be able to get that each day, yes, it's work, but I just feel so grateful that I've found something that I absolutely love and I'm so passionate about and I actually get paid to do it. Um, you know, I, it's, you know, I pinch myself every now and then, Aaron, because, um, I, yeah, not as if I wasn't happy teaching, but it's amazing when you, you know, I've worked pretty hard for the last seven years to, to build a brand and get myself out there and it's, it's working now and I can do it full time and, and uh, made it, yeah, it's one of those things like you just asked that question, probably something I don't reflect on enough that uh, the journey I've come from and, and where I am now to, you know, yeah, I, I am pretty proud, mate, and it's, it is amazing that the curriculum I'm running is what I've got and what I've created, not, not being dictated to by, uh, you know, goals or standards or the education system. Mm. Yeah, mate, it's, it's interesting, like... Like, you know, I'm sort of at a different stage, you know, with this charity, just trying to get it moving and stuff. And a lot of the work is very heavy. You know, yesterday I met with a local MP and and, um, he dictated the conversation by saying things like men need to harden up and, you know, um, uh, (laughs) this sort of stuff, you know, and... um, yeah, I'm sort of thinking, I'm sitting there, you know, thinking, well, yeah, well, you've got one point of view and you're involved in a system that isn't really working that well and I've got another opinion on where I think I can do things similar to what you're doing, but I'm not getting heard or empowered um, to, uh, to, to do that, you know. That can bring some frustration, um, you know, but what I really love about what I do is being able to help guys figure themselves out and to be able to, to shift their emotions and their... Um, you know, their, their, their thoughts of themselves and also to be able to become more emotionally mature. And these are skill sets that, um, that, that people don't have and, and understand, you know, and I just feel it's my role to be able to help with that moving forward and create something which can spread, you know. 
what I'm really passionate about is turning the reactive mental health system into more of a proactive mental health system, which is actually preventing stuff from occurring and empowering people rather than disempowering people. And this is where we've got it asked about, you know, big time, probably by design and default. But I just think that um, people are confused, you know, and if you can do things to help empower people, um, you know, that, that can just help them tremendously, you know, like, like having laughter sessions like you do through play, um, you know, having um, self-awareness sessions which actually help people where they can, you know, sort of discover things within themselves is so much more valuable, I think, um, you know, and the, the, the health system, the mental health system is very heavy and um, it's time to sort of change that a bit, you know, so, so your work is, is very needed, you know, moving forward and uh, I just think, uh, yeah, this year will be an interesting year with regards to the way that evolves. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, thanks, Aaron. And I think what you just said there, mate, is that uh, the journey that when you're creating something that hasn't been done before, like what you're doing, is it can be very frustrating. It can be very hard. It can feel like you're going in all different directions. But the more you stick at it, the more rewarding it becomes and you end up making inroads. I think that's the biggest thing. And, and you know the work you're doing has a profound impact. Um, it just takes time for people to see that, I feel, um, but the more you do, the more people you speak to, you know, it just slowly starts breaking and breaking and then people start going, wow, and start listening. And, um, yeah, but then, you, like you just said, when somebody asks you a question like what you just did before about running my own curriculum now, you sit back and you're like, oh, I'm actually really proud of what I've been able to create. It hasn't been easy. Um, and I think that's essentially what the journey you're on at the moment, mate. It's not easy, but that's why it's so rewarding when, you know, you do have breakthroughs or you really impact certain individuals. Mm, that's right, yeah. You know, and um, I'm not driven by stats and data and that sort of stuff, you know, primarily. I see evidence all the time, you know, before me. And uh, that just doesn't bring a smile on my face, but it gives me um, a sense of... Um, fulfillment to be able to see someone you know change their life maybe maybe um remove suicide ideology um those sorts of things which can 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 change the relationship with themselves but <clears throat> also everyone else around them and um you know that's that, that that that's not measurable um you know really but um i think we've just become too data driven we've become too uh, science driven, all those sorts of things, but the the simplicity of humanology, uh, uh, the stuff that we've been talking about, you know, in its essence, and um, we've got to try and become more connected to that. You look at COVID, for example, like how uh, people shifted from competition to compassion more, uh, you know, and um, when 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 there, when there's a challenge, you know, there's a major thing going on. How people come together, well, that's what humanity is really all about. I believe, and uh, the more we can sort of start to be aware of that and be more connected to that, then we start to have better mental health outcomes. Um, you know, we start to figure ourselves out and we start to do the things that we actually enjoy more and more. And I just think that's our birthright as humans, you know, to do that and be able to help others on that pathway to do so. 100%. And like you just said there, if your intention for the day is how can you uplift other people and make other people feel good, you actually feel good about yourself. Um, yeah, and that's what life's about. It's about can you help other people? I think that's as simple as it is. And when you start thinking like that, good things start happening to you as well. Like that, that's exactly what you just said there, mate. COVID has taught us so many good things. You know, to slow down, to look after ourselves, to do things that we weren't doing before. 
um, and we just need to keep embracing that, mate. But kindness, be kind to yourself and be kind to others. That's as simple as life is, I reckon. Mm, I agree. So tell me three three tips from you to improve your self-talk. Uh, improve your self-talk. Uh, one, of, one of them is stop putting yourself down. Um, just... Like you've got to, you've got to stop doing that. And um, a lot of time, there's things that people don't like about themselves, their body image, the way they look, the way they act, or different things like that. So start investing time into yourself. Like do things to improve yourself. You want to learn something, watch a TED talk each day, or go to the gym. Uh, start moving your body. If you want to connect better with your friends, start putting yourself out there. Nothing is going to change unless you actively change that yourself. Um, so for me, particularly, I want to be a better person. I need to start acting like that and I need to make that part of my daily routine. Once I start doing that, it's amazing. My self-talk, because I feel good about what I'm doing, it's not negative. Um, so you need to, like what you said before about shifting from a negative to positive, if you're in a place where you're not happy, there's only you can sort that out. Um, and it's about trying things. You're not gonna you're not gonna find it straight away what that thing is that brings you joy and brings other people joy and makes you speak kindly to yourself and love the person in the mirror. But there are things out there that will. Um, and it, like I just said, I think the first thing you can do is start trying to uplift the people around you. Um, it's amazing what happens then because then the narrative isn't about yourself or what you don't like about yourself. It's about how you can uplift other people. So for me, mate, that, that would be my biggest tip, Aaron, is start, you know, building, uplifting your tribe at work, your family, your friends, wherever you are, your sports club. It doesn't matter where it is. Think about how you could make somebody's day better um, and try and try and do one person a day. It, it sounds simple, but it's not but it is once you start doing it if that makes sense mate and it's amazing what happens then that narrative about the way you talk to yourself it actually changes because you're not focused on you you're focused on actually helping other people mm-hmm. yep 100 percent. you've still got two more <laughs> oh mate yeah <laughs> uh positive self-talk well exercise is I think most people, uh, and obviously I used to be uh, a fitness in the fitness industry as well, and uh, nearly I'd say when people would sign up at my boot camps or personal training, I'd say 95% of people were doing that because they weren't happy with their weight, their physique, something like that. So uh, for me, positive self-talk comes by feeling empowered and strong. Um, so that would be doing committing to some form of exercise every morning. And it, like I said before, it doesn't have to be a big gym session. It can just be going for a 10-minute walk, but make that a 10-minute walk without your phone, without any distractions. So it's just you moving your body and do that daily. So second one would be committing to something that makes you feel good about yourself. Um, and then, then the third one is... If there's something you've been talking about, so if you're a gunner, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, actually do something. So take that Finland uh, example on board and put yourself out there and try something new. It doesn't matter what that is, even if it's only a little thing. It might be like trying fish for the first time or I don't know what it is. It might be going on a bungee jump. It doesn't matter, but if there's something that you've been talking about doing for a while and you haven't done, put yourself out there and do it because when you start stepping outside of your comfort zone and doing things that you know challenge you you actually feel better about yourself as well because talk's cheap 
going to do this, going to do that, actually go and do that, and it will make you feel better about yourself. So you put me on the spot, mate. There's three. The, the other thing is Eusta. So you got Gunner and you got Eusta. You know, I used to, I used to do this, I used to do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, Good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, Eusta is, uh, is part of us. We've got to actually see Eusta as a friend and acknowledge him and be grateful for what he did for us, but then be able to, you know, utilise Eusta as... Uh, doing and uh, creating and, uh, and, you know, evolving sort of thing, you know, and uh, we get stuck in Euster and a lot of the blokes that sit around the bar are in Euster, you know. Yes, yes, yeah, well, and talk about old war stories and things like that. That's, that is so true. And, mm. and John, man, they, they used to do things that they may not be able to do anymore, but, mm. you know, if you're sitting around a bar and you used to play footy or you used to play cricket, now your body won't be allowed to do that, well, you could go and play golf or you could go and play lawn bowls or there's something you could do. So, um, yeah, we, we can't always do what we used to do. Um, things change, our body changes, we get old or different things like that, but there's still something you can do that can still bring the joy that that old activity may have done before. I, I love that. That's so true, Aaron. It's, it's important to have reflection, you know, but not get stuck there. Yep. Um, you know, we've always got to be grateful for our experiences and, and you know, our our past in, in some ways positive and negative, but, yeah, to be able to, to, to be able to be grateful for that and thankful for that and then move into more of the present. So, you know, the, the right side of your body is the past, is the middle part of your body is the, the now and the left part's the future. So try and be more in the, in the centre and you'll actually start to become more focused on um, being more in a state of joy rather than sort of, you know... Um, what can be perceived as anxiety or depression possibly, you know, too. So, um, so yeah, so that's self-talk, being able to see whether you're going right or going left and try and become more neutral, I think, is, um, is something that we need to practice more and more of. Um, you know, we often talk about meditation, and, and I've been doing this as a personal practice for years, but, but yeah, I have days where it's tough and I have days that, um, you know, it's, it's easy, but at the same time, I, I keep showing up and... Um, I just know that my nervous system is smarter than me and my nervous system will settle down if I provide that environment uh, for it to do so. If I don't provide the environment for it to do so, then that's when things um, get wobbly, you know. And um, I just think uh, that's an important part of humanology is to have that self-awareness and self-reflection uh, and, uh, and stillness and as, as is play, you know, uh, to be able to bring that sense of joy consistently. But we've also got to try and find the sense of peace within ourselves, you know. Two key things, peace and joy, I, re- I believe really go hand in hand because when you're in joy or when you're playing, you're not thinking about anything else, are you? And, no. uh, and, and that's, that's actually peaceful. And uh, to be able to sit still and be, be content within yourself, that's a skill that we probably need to develop more and more. And, um, you know, these are, these are two key attributes that I think we've got, um, you know, a, a great moment in time in 2023 to be able to embrace, you know. I oh, t- couldn't agree more, mate. I, I, I love what you were just saying there. Um, and I think the big thing I've taken out of, like, everything you just mentioned is showing up. Um, you know, I think you need to show up for yourself, not for anyone else. Like, whatever you are committing to, you show up and you commit to yourself because then you're not letting – by not showing up, you're not letting anyone else down. You're letting yourself down, and that's where that negative self-talk goes. So um, I, I think that's the biggest thing is give the commitment to yourself. Like you just said – you know, with meditation, some days don't work that well and you don't want to do it, but you're continually doing it. And then you've committed to that. You are proud of that. You keep showing up and you're showing up for yourself. That's 
that's a, that's the beauty of that. And that's where that peace comes. I, I love peace and joy as well. It's uh, I love getting on podcasts with uh, people like yourself, Aaron, because you take away so many different things um, that we're on the same wavelength, but we're talking about different things, but they connect in so many ways. It's amazing. Do you know what? Um, <clears throat> yeah, look, I I I reckon. You know, we, we just need to do more to support um, one another by, by having these conversations more and more. And uh, the more people can sort of listen to this sort of stuff can start to figure themselves out more. And that self-empowerment so critical. You can read so many books or watch so many TED Talks, but if you can start to do things consistently and keep showing up, uh, I just think that's that's so important, you know. And getting back to the, those, those functionalities, play and stillness, whatever that may be, they're, they're probably key key parts to start your day, which can set your state. Sorry, set set your state into more of a flow state rather than being um, sort of distracted away from that. And um, you know that self talk gets better when your mind settles down. You know, I, I really believe that our minds, you know, will will jump all over the place. You look at the neurons in the mind and how they're firing at you know multiple million rates an hour. If we can actually slow that down, then all of a sudden. You know, the heart rate slows, um, uh, the better self-talk comes and um, we start to be kinder to ourselves and kinder to others. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like you just said there. That's why so many people talk about a morning routine, I suppose, Aaron, because it really does set your day up and you're not fight or fight because you're in that beautiful flow state because you nothing can get in your way. You've already achieved something. You've done something for yourself. You've shown up. Um, and that's another thing I talk about if I'm doing a keynote or a big workshop is that unless people action something that I've spoken about in that session in the next 48 hours, it's a complete waste of time them actually coming. It's the same if you read a book or if you watch a TED talk or you do something, unless you put something into action that you learnt, it's just a waste of time. You may as well be watching you know, a series where you're just mind-numbing or scrolling on your phone mm-hmm. because... It's great to take in this information, but you need to action on it. So I suppose if you're listening to this podcast, then take something from it, you know, move your body in the morning. If you're not doing that, find something that you're doing. It only has to be 10 minutes. If there's something that you want to do, put yourself out there. If you're in a social situation and you want to change it change it up, invent a game, play a simple game like that, uh, the coin pushing sort of like table hockey for noughts and crosses it changes the narrative like and it'll bring more joy to you and the people around you but unless you do it as the individual nothing will change um and that's the biggest thing i talk about mate is that everything is on you it is up to you but you have to be the one to make that move and do it and be consistent yeah that's it you won't find it in the channel nine news or on triple m no you won't mate (laughs) (laughs) you won't at all mate uh, how can people get hold of you uh, well, my website is called sugar.light, which is play in Spanish. So it's like sugar, but with a J. Uh, so you go on there and check that out. Um, my TED Talk and book and podcast and everything's on there. Or probably the easiest is just uh, on, on Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn, just at Dale Sidebottom. It's a pretty unique name, mate. I, I think there's one other guy I've seen in the UK with it, but I've got at Dale Sidebottom on all of those. So please feel free to reach out. And, and probably the big one, um, like I said before, if you go into YouTube, just type in at Dale Sidebottom for my YouTube channel. The, the last three videos on there are fun, simple activities that you could do today wherever you are uh, and give one of them a try. Uh, if it scares you, that's good. Put yourself out there. Be a little bit vulnerable. That's when the magic happens, Aaron. Mm, on the other side of uh, challenges change. 
Yes, correct. And I need to check them out, mate. I didn't actually realise you had the YouTube, so I'll get on there and have a look at it. And uh, I try and reduce my stream time, but they're probably capacity building things that I need to have a look at, so I'll definitely do that. Go and go and check them out, mate. They're, they're a little bit of fun, and that's all that, uh, that's what we're trying to achieve. So, um, yeah, perfect, mate. I, re- I really appreciate uh, second time on the show once again, and uh, the old enjoy, mate, of uh, taking that away. Thank you to you and Trevor. That's a, that's a beauty. That's it. And, uh, mate, uh, the other one is in, intention. What's your intention? Break that word down, you know? Yeah, good, so, got it, yeah. yep. So have, it'll actually open up your awareness now to the English language and see some of the uh, intentions behind the words, possibly. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll, start, I'll start thinking too critical about words that people are saying to me, what they actually mean. <laughs> yeah, that's it, because, yeah, we're, we're unconscious primarily of it all, mate. It's been a pleasure, and uh, I'm sure we're going to do another one uh, before the year's out. So really grateful and look forward to um, keeping an eye on your journey and all the great stuff that's coming and all the people you can help along the way. Perfect. Thanks, Aaron. Really appreciate it, mate.